Welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Neighborhood Church. We pray that you be blessed by it. We are honored today to have the Hobgawaxes with us from Carlisle, Saskatchewan. And uh, I'll make his family mad at me instead of mad at him, but he has his amazing wife and three of their four kids here with us. Just stand, give them a warm welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you guys for being here today. Bless you so much. Sixteen years ago, this couple was living in Saskatoon, attending what was then known as Central Pentecostal College not really near graduation, um, working in the city, part of the Elam Church family, and done an internship there. And the church in Carlisle called a young couple who were, hadn't even graduated from Bible college yet and said, would you come and serve us? Would you come and pastor us? The story of the impact of onechurch.ca uh, will challenge all of our hearts today, and Pastor Louis is going to share it. Also a member of the General Executive of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, held in high esteem by all who know him. To know Louis is to love Pastor Louis. Give Pastor Louis now a warm welcome as he comes to minister to us today. Well, good morning, Neighborhood Church. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. Well, I am excited to be here. As Pastor John said, my name is Louis Hubgox, and you already seen my wife. And we've been married for 20 years. And uh, we've got four kids. Our oldest is 19, and he lives in Grand Prairie, Alberta. And then uh, soon to be 17, 15, and uh, our newest addition, who joined us three years ago, is going to be 13 later this year. Uh, so uh, if that math doesn't make sense, you can talk to me later. <laughs> uh, I am the uh, pastor of onechurch.ca. At some point, we think this internet thing's going to catch on. It's a little bit funny, okay? It's, it's a cheesy joke, but it's a little bit funny. It won't be my last cheesy joke, but anyways. Uh, I am a part of the national executive. I've had the privilege of speaking across our great country um, I've uh, had the opportunity to speak a few places in the States and in Mexico, but now after uh, speaking today at the uh, Neighborhood Church, I can finally add preaching in the hood to my resume. Okay, that's going to be my last cheesy joke. Won't be my last joke, but that'll be my last cheesy one. All right, uh, we're going to kick things off with one final word of prayer, if you'll just bow with me. Uh, Heavenly Father, today, as we look to your word, we pray that it would become alive in our lives. Lord, may it not just be words written on a page, but may it be truths that are embedded in the very being and DNA of who we are. Help each and every one of us to become the walking, talking, breathing Word of God. And Jesus, help us. Remind us that we are the tangible presence of Jesus. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ wherever we go. And as we talk about what it is to reach people for Jesus in the Canadian context, in our context, in our neighborhoods, I pray that you remind us that wherever we go, the Spirit of God goes. 
Wherever we step, the presence of Jesus on earth steps. And we are his presence. We are his representatives in a tangible way. Remind us of this. Drive us to reach this world with this, I pray. Amen? Well, guys, uh, Pastor John asked me to share our story and then to, uh, to challenge you guys and talk to you about what it is to uh, reach people for Jesus in our Canadian context, what it means to reach those who don't know Jesus in our local neighborhoods, where you live and where you found yourself planted. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, our story. In uh, 2003, uh, me and my wife, Jenny, moved to Carlisle, Saskatchewan. We uh, got called to pastor two churches that were 13 kilometers uh, apart down a uh, straight road in rural Saskatchewan. Uh, two churches that didn't like each other. And one didn't even like the PAOC. They'd come into the PAOC 10 years earlier because literally no other denomination would have them and we're really friendly. <laughs> we said, hey, sure, come on, join us. You know? So, uh, so we went to pastor two churches. In, in Carlisle, the community of about 1,500 people, the, the larger community, uh, my wife and I were numbers 11 and 12 in the congregation at that time. Uh, 13 kilometers down the road in Manor, there was another about dozen people in the church there. And we showed up. Uh, the church in Carlisle had been birthed from a church split where, uh, where another group had actually told the PAC that they didn't want to be PAC anymore, and they kicked the PAC out. And those 10 members that were there before we showed up for a decade decided they were going to hold on, and they were going to carry on because they felt God had called them to their community. And so for 10 years, the same 10 people just, just kept holding on and trying and stepping out and, and not getting a whole lot of traction, but, but they continued. And then in 2003, uh, we, we came. When we came, God challenged us with this question. Would your community even notice if your church wasn't there anymore? If in a blink of, your eye, a blink of the eye, the church, your church was gone, would your community even notice? Other than maybe a few cars weren't in a certain parking lot on a Sunday morning. And if you ask yourself that question and you, and you look at that question and you examine it, and if you came to the conclusion that we came to, if you'd ever come to the conclusion that, you know what? Our community wouldn't even realize if we weren't there, it should break your heart. And it broke our hearts. Because we individually and we corporately are, are the temple of God on earth. We're the tangible dwelling place of God's spirit. And if that was removed from a community, that community should ache. It should break the actual heart and soul of that community if we as the people of God were, were removed. It broke our hearts. We realized that if we weren't there tomorrow, our community wouldn't notice. It broke our hearts and it drove us to these verses that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 and 22. Paul writes, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. And then verse 22, To the weak I became weak, to win the weak. Then he says, I've become all things to all men so that by all possible means, by all possible means I might win some. To win as many as, as possible, but by, by all possible means, by all possible means so that I might win some. And as God led us to these verses, 
we then as a congregation agreed on three declarations that we were going to start to live by and allow to, to, to guide us forward. And the three declarations that we came to were these. First, we agreed as a congregation to do anything short of sin to reach people who do not know Jesus Christ. Secondly, we agreed as a congregation to remove any barriers, hindrances, or walls that deter people from coming to Christ and his bride, the church. And our third declaration was this. We as a congregation, we agree as a congregation that we will make a difference. That people's lives will forever be changed because we were obedient to the call of Jesus on our lives. We made these declarations. Anything short of sin. Now, now we would never cross the line into sin, but, but Paul said, do whatever it takes by all possible means. And so we started to re-examine what that meant. Why do we do what we do? Do we do what we do as a church because it's tradition? Do we do what we do as a church because it's commanded in Scripture? Do we do what we do simply because it's our preference? I just really like it like this. Or do we do what we do because that's simply the way it's always been done, Pastor? We've just always done. Why do we do what we do? We started to examine what we were doing. In 2003, my wife and I were numbers 11 and 12 in the Carlisle Church. As we move forward over the next couple of years with these declarations in place, we've seen church growth. And for the first time in over a decade, we, we, we grew from 12 to, to 50 with brand new believers. Amen. When we got to 50 people, the original 10, the original 10 were like, oh, pastor, we've got 50 people. We finally have enough people. We can start doing church. <laughs> finally. And my plea to them was, no, 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 guys, guys, guys. The reason we've seen people come to faith, the reason we've seen church growth isn't because we've been doing church. It's because we re-examined what we were doing and we started to step out in different and unique and creative ways. We started doing things that no one else was doing to start reaching people that no one else was reaching. We started doing things differently and we started letting go of preferences and started stepping into ways that we could impact our community. We moved from being preference-driven, man, I really like it like this, to being purpose-driven and saying, you know what? This is a way we can reach out to the people in our community who don't know Jesus. We started letting go some of the things that we, we just liked and started stepping into certain things that, that would actually alter and have impact and bring real value to our local setting. We agreed to do anything short of sin. We agreed to remove barriers, hindrances, and walls that deter people from coming to Christ and his bride, the church. We started asking ourselves, what can we do to set the stage to make it easier for people to come to know Christ and into a relationship with him and to become a part of the church? Our, our building in Carlisle had had some church history within our community, and we decided that we wanted the church to be a place that when our community celebrated, they, 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 they joined with us in celebration. When they mourned, they knew they could come and mourn with us. We wanted to be, be the heart and the soul within the community. And we started asking, what could we do to bring value to our community? And so for us, in our rural setting, we, we pulled the pews out, and we had turned our sanctuary into a large multi-purpose room 
and then we bought large inflatable bouncy castles. You guys have seen them, right? And we've turned our church sanctuary during the weekdays, during the cold winter months, which I don't know if you guys have in Saskatoon, but in Carlisle, we got a couple cold winter months. So we turned our church sanctuary into an indoor playland. And now for years and years and years, we have thousands of people, thousands of people who, who come into our church, people who don't yet know Christ, come and connect and visit and serve one another coffee. But they've gotten the lay of the land. We help to remove, remove a barrier. There's nothing greater than seeing a little three-year-old going, Mommy, Mommy, I don't want to leave church. You know? And, and I get it's because of the bouncers, but we've brought in value and blessing to our, our community. It's, it's removed a, a barrier. You've all probably had this experience, right? You've got to go to a certain building downtown somewhere, and it's this, it's this big building, and there's these big wooden doors, and, and you don't quite know what's beyond the door, but you, you've got to go, and you, and you kind of come up to that door, and you kind of open it with great trepidation, and you're like, oh, what's beyond the door? For thousands of people, that, that, that barrier has been removed. They, they know where the washrooms are. They know where the, the, the big room is where we gather. They know where their kids can, can go for kids programming. By doing something as simple as setting up an indoor playland in a space that we weren't using Monday to Friday for the most part. Anyways, removing barriers, hindrances, and walls, thinking differently. Another thing we did about 12 years ago, we, we started streaming our services live. We started really cheap, a really cheap little web camera at the back, and we started live streaming our services, again with this idea of removing barriers so that people could see what was going on. They could catch a, a glimpse of everything that was happening at any moment on a Sunday morning. They, they could join us. They could remove that barrier and understand what was going on before they had to physically step through the doors of the church. We started that about 12 years ago. Today, we have a campus 50 kilometers down the road in Redverse, Saskatchewan, that we actually live stream our services into. And we have a vibrant, healthy church in a, in a rural, remote town that we would have never had before because we were able to leverage technology for the glory of God. By simply rethinking how we do things. I joke that in uh, rural Saskatchewan, our church planting technique in the past has been to find one guy, pay him very little, plant him in the middle of nowhere, expect him to preach powerfully, visit the elderly, run the youth outreach, do the children's ministry, and keep that all, all those balls in the air while trying to administrate everything. Uh, we do that for about three years, burn him out, he goes away, and then we drop to our knees and we pray for another sucker who we can, who we can bring back to the same place once again, pay almost nothing, and, and try to do it all and go again and again and again. But we're trying to leverage what we have, leverage technology so we can actually reach people that no one else is reaching. And so I'm excited here at the neighborhood. I was just at the Martinsville campus. You guys are, are, are leveraging your resources to plant another location, to go to somewhere that no one else is going. But through the technology of originally just wanting to let people see what was going on, we were able to plant another campus. Another thing that has gone on a few years ago now, I got this email to Pastor Louie, I'd be interested to know what your thoughts were when you started to video stream Sunday services. 
I suspect no one would have figured a fellow member would be following from the Middle East in Qatar, that's for sure. I said, you're right. That wasn't my target audience when we started, you know? But this family has actually just moved to Qatar a couple years ago when he sent that email. He'd worked one month overseas, one month back, but they've just moved overseas. And, and Sunday evenings, because of the time change now, there's a group of people who gather together and have church as they join us from our online campus, from rural Saskatchewan. Because we started to think about things differently and started to leverage technology. God keeps doing incredible things and we keep having the privilege of hanging on. We continue to desire to kind of plant other locations in other settings. Sometimes there's settings where there may be not enough finances or resources to, to house a traditional church, but as we leverage technology, all of a sudden you can have a vibrant, active, healthy church in a place where before you maybe couldn't have. And that's why we changed our name to onechurch.ca, because we are one church in multiple locations. One church in multiple locations. Again, I love what you guys are doing in that same vein with Martinsville. And then our final declaration is that we agreed as a congregation that, that we will make a difference. That people's lives will be forever changed because we, because I, was obedient to the call of Jesus on my life. As I've stated earlier, when we moved to Carlisle, my wife and I were numbers 11 and 12 in the Carlisle Church. The church in Manor, 13 kilometers down the road, as we started implementing these changes in Carlisle, the Carlisle Church continued to grow. And we grew up to about 50 people. The church in Manor, 13 kilometers down the road, uh, they just kind of stayed plateaued and they dropped down to about 10 people. And they realized they were really just a subset of Carlisle. And so they decided to close their doors in Manor. And eight of the 10 people joined us in Carlisle. And it was something amazing. In Carlisle, we had about 35 brand new believers with all the fire and passion in the world and how much maturity. In Manor, we had these, these eight people who had all the maturity that you could ever imagine, but they kind of lost their passion. And the eight mature people joined our, our, our band of 35 new immature people, and, and the immature people in all their passion, the new people of faith with all their passion, they reignite a passion in the mature believers. And the mature believers were able to come alongside and mentor and disciple these, these, these new believers. And, and something amazing happened. All of a sudden, we had 50 people, and another 8 or 10 people joined us from Manor. We went from about 60 to 110 within a few months. More people coming to faith in Christ. In 2003, my wife and I were numbers 11 and 12 in the Carlisle Church. Today we have a campus in Carlisle, we have a campus in Redverse, 50 kilometers down the road, we have an online campus that we have people coming to faith through. We've actually, about two years ago now, we had somebody actually, we, we stole them out of your city. They came to faith through our online campus and they actually moved from Saskatoon to the grand metropolis of Carlisle, Saskatchewan. We have a Carlisle campus, a Redverse campus, we have this online campus. We have about 200 people joining us on average on a Sunday morning in our physical campuses and 75 or 80 joining us online. And 75% of those are brand new to faith since we've been there. It's exciting stuff. It's a lot of fun pastoring new believers. Anyways, that's, that's our story in, in a nutshell. 
I, I could talk for hours about other ways that we've tried to creatively reach into our community or how we try to create this, this kind of infectious talk-and-tell environment with, within our church family where, where people would be just compelled to, to go and tell and invite people share Jesus. I could tell you about the fact that we've taken 400-plus people on short-term mission trips over the last decade. All sorts of other stories, but, but that's, that's our nutshell. So Pastor John also then asked me to challenge you guys, challenge the neighborhood church. What does it mean to reach people for Jesus in your local context, in, in, in your neighborhood? People who don't know Christ, what does it mean to be an actual missionary? Because you are missionaries called and commissioned by God and planted in your setting. What does that mean? I just want to reread 1 Corinthians 9, 19 and 22 from the NIV and then from the New Living. So again from the NIV, though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible to the weak. I became weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. And then from the New Living Translation, even though I am free, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Then he says, yes. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. Doing everything I can to save some. So I want to ask you two questions locally in your community. What does, by all possible means, mean? What does by all possible means mean for you as an individual, as a person who has the Spirit of God dwelling in them, a person who's meant to be the tangible hands and feet and presence of Jesus? What does by all possible means mean so that you can reach some? What does it mean for you as a part of this incredible assembly, this incredible congregation? What does it mean? And then what does doing everything I can mean? Paul says, I'm going to do everything I can so that I can, just, I can just reach some, just a few, even a couple. I'll do everything I can. What does that mean for you? What does it mean for you as, a, as an individual? What does it mean for you as the, as the corporate body, as a part of this incredible church at the neighborhood church here at the Pine House location? What does that mean for you? Paul says, man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible by all possible means just so that I can save some. What does it mean for you? And I want to challenge you with two simple questions. As you think about what it means to be a missionary in Canada, what it means for you to be called and commissioned and planted in your local setting, my question for you is this. Where does your community have an itch? And how can you scratch that itch? Where does your community have an itch? Where in your neighborhood? Where in the neighborhood of, of the neighborhood? Where does your community have an itch? And how can you scratch that itch? What does by all possible means mean? What does doing everything I can mean? Where is the itch in your community that you can scratch? Where is God calling you to serve? Where is God calling you to bring value in your community? 
How could you fill a need that your community has? In rural Saskatchewan, the indoor playland works really well for us because, because there's not a lot of other places for kids and families to take their little ones to run off steam, right? It has brought incredible favor to our church, and we've got this incredible reputation for a 100-plus kilometer radius. I was going to the dentist about three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, and we go to the dentist in a community about 75, 80 kilometers away from us. And I, I walked in and I started talking with the receptionist behind the desk there. And, and she said, she said, Louie, is it your church that does those bouncers? I said, yeah, that's us. She said, that's amazing. And then she tells me this story about her, her daughter and her, her grandchild. They came like two weeks ago and, and they were so amazed. And they took video and they sent the video back to, to her and she showed it to her husband. And her husband's like, where is this happening? You know, and... And she's like, well, the thing is that this church, so we had this conversation, and we've got to talk about faith right before they started drilling in my mouth. It's awesome. A few weeks prior to that, while I was just coming into the church during one of the days when the playland was open, one of the teachers of a, at our high school, who I'd met and talked with before, and, and no one, more at an arm's distance, but all of a sudden she was in the church, and she'd brought her, her little child into the, into the playland, and and she don't, normally doesn't come because she's teaching and didn't quite work into her schedule, but it was the week off. It was during the February break. And all of a sudden, she started talking with me, and she started saying, you know, I've been thinking about coming to church, and I've got questions about, about faith. And, and while her kid was playing in the bouncers, and while there's people milling around, me and her had this incredible conversation about Jesus and, and, and faith and, and what it is to be a part of this family. For something as simple as opening up our building and finding a way to be a tangible blessing to our community. Now, the playland may not be what it is for the neighborhood, but where does your community itch? Where can you leave the doors of the church and go out and, and find and meet a, a felt need? How can you scratch the itch of, of your community? Because you are called. You are commissioned. You are the tangible presence of Jesus in this community. What is God calling you to sacrifice? What's God calling you to, 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 to let go of? Paul says, by all possible means, I'm willing to do whatever, whatever it takes. What, what are we willing to, to, to sacrifice, to let, let go of, so that some might come to know Jesus? Often I use the language, I, talk, I say it like this, Sacrifice is, is giving up something you love for, for something you'll, you'll, you'll love even more. It's giving up something you, you love to lay hold of something you love even more. Who, who loves their church right here? Who loves the neighborhood church? Who would love to see your congregation double with brand new believers? What if, what if that meant we had to sacrifice? We had to give up something we love, a preference, something, something that we really hold dear that's, that's really, really enjoyable, but it's simply a preference. It's not commanded in Scripture. What if God was calling us to let go, let go of something we love so we could lay hold of something that we loved even more by having, by having twice as many people here who are all brand new believers, and we shook all of eternity? Sacrifice, what are you, by all possible means, what are we willing? What are we willing to let go of over here? in order to lay hold of, 
of something that will love even more over here. Giving up my preference so that we could win as many as possible. We need to do things that no one else is doing so that we can reach people that no one else is reaching. We need to do things that no one else is doing so that we can reach people that no one else is reaching. What is God calling you here at the neighborhood to do that no one else is doing? Stepping out beyond the walls of the church to, to reach people. What is God calling you to let go of over here? Something that you love dearly so that you can lay hold of something that you're actually going to love even more over here. Hundreds and hundreds of people coming to faith in Jesus. Transforming their eternity and their kids' eternity and their kids' 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 eternal destination. Neighborhood church, where does your community have an itch? And how can you scratch it? You think it's going to be easy? Is it ever easy to let go of something that we, we love, that we cherish, that we prefer? Is that ever easy? When in the scriptures did God ever call, command, or commission someone to a task that was easy? When did God ever show up to somebody via angelic visitation or burning bush or, or dream or vision and he say something like this? I want you to know I've got a call, a command, a commission. I've got something for you to do. But, but don't worry, it's not going to be very hard. You're not going to have to let go of your preferences. And it'll probably be wrapped up by the weekend. Just feel free to yell out the scripture in the story. But let me know. I'm okay with you. When in God, when in, when in scripture did God ever show up and say, you know what? I've got a call upon your life to transform a, a people. But it's going to be simple. It's going to be easy. You're not going to have to let go of any preferences. And it'll be wrapped up by the weekend. And the answer is never. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy to let go of something that we love in, in hopes that we're going to be able to lay hold of something that we'll love even more. It's not always easy to, to see what the itch in our community is and say, you know what, I, I'm going to be the one who steps into that felt need and, and scratch that itch. It's not always easy. But thankfully, God has given us his spirit. And when God calls us, his power and presence go with us, and he encourages us and wants us to work hard. It's not easy. It requires hard work, but the spirit of God goes with us. His power and his presence go with us. And what I realized is I don't need the power of God if I plan to live my life kicking back on the lazy boy. Right? If I intend to live my life kicked back on the lazy boy, I don't need the power of God. It's only when I actually step out. It's only when I put myself in a situation that's uncomfortable or that I can't accomplish on my own. It's only when I go to where God has called and all of a sudden do what he's calling me to do and putting myself in a vulnerable place that I need his power and his power manifests and all of a sudden the impossible is possible. Ephesians 3.20, right? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within I don't need his power if I don't plan to do anything. 
but his power, his spirit lives within me. I am his representation on earth. I am where the spirit of God goes, where I go, the temple of God goes, where I go, the representation of Jesus goes. And when I step out and I start doing things that are stretching to me, when I start letting go of my preferences, when I start reaching out in the community and my community and start ministering in ways that no one has ever ministered before and putting myself in those vulnerable places, all of a sudden the power of God that is within me shows up and the impossible becomes possible. We don't need the power if we don't plan to ever step out to do the hard work. It's when we step out to do the hard work that his power moves, ma- moves powerfully in our lives. Neighborhood Church, I am so blessed by you guys. We've been blessed by your pastors, Don, uh, John and Donna. Don and Jonna, huh? We got screwed that up. John and Donna, they've been great friends of ours. We've been privileged to be in their house, and they've been privileged, well, I guess I hope they've been privileged to be in our house. You've got great, you've got a great church. You guys can do this. You can fulfill the call of God for your community. You, who are commissioned by God to be missionaries where he's planted you right here. You you, you can sacrifice. You, You can let go of something that you love in the hopes and belief that you're going to be able to lay hold of something that you'll love even more as hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of new people come to eternal faith in Jesus Christ. You can do this. You are missionaries planted in your local setting. You are the tangible presence of Jesus. You have the spirit and the power of that spirit of God living within you. And when you step out, the spirit of God will move in mighty, mighty ways. I started today's message by uh, sharing the three declarations that we at onechurch.ca agreed upon. I just want to wrap up with, with getting you guys to read with me our third declaration, because I think no matter where we're at, we can all agree on that, okay? I'm going to read it aloud first, and then I'll get you guys to join in with me, okay? We agree as a congregation that we will make a difference, that people's lives will be forever changed, because we were obedient to Jesus' call in our lives. All right, you ready to read it aloud with me? Here we go. We agree as a congregation that we will make a difference, that people's lives will be forever changed because we were obedient to Jesus' call on our lives. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's bow together in a final word of prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the neighborhood church. I thank you for this incredible congregation and their leadership and the ability that they have had to have impact in this community and in Martinsville and and beyond. And Lord, I pray, I pray that, that each and every person who is a part of this incredible group would realize that they are called and commissioned by you, God, to be missionaries where you've planted them today. That they are the tangible presence of Jesus, hands and feet in every situation they walk, that they the temple of God, both individually and corporately. And where they go, the Spirit of God goes. And I pray that they would be willing to, to sacrifice, to let go something that they love, but it's simply a preference, in order to step out and stretch themselves and lay hold of something that they love even more. People's eternal souls being connected once again to the Father. Lord, I thank you for this church. I pray for them. 
I commission them on your behalf and that they might just, they might just shake, shake the very foundation of hell as they transfer lives into eternity. Stepping out, reaching out, doing whatever it takes by all possible means so that some might come to know Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen?
said, I want to thank you. 14 years ago, I needed a daycare, and I saw that you were opening one, and we came in, and I registered my daughter for your daycare. And then she started going to the kids' midweeks program, and, and now she's going to youth every week, and it's making such a difference in her life. I want to thank you for being there. Friends, the church is the church. The church is making a difference when we're out there and we're touching lives. And friends, this is a great church. We can do more of it. We can do it better. I believe with all of my heart that we have no problem seeing 500 people come to Christ in the next five years or so, even shorter. Let's be people with a heart and a vision for those who do not know yet know Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, uh, man, this has been different and I've never really thought about Jesus so much in my life. Take your connection card if you want more information about how to live for him and serve him. Just fill it out and throw it in uh, one of the collection plates on either side of the exit door to the sanctuary. If you're a guest with us this morning, uh, please drop by the Connection Information Center on the way out. We've got a chocolate bar for you. If you don't want a chocolate bar, go visit the Information Center anyhow. Uh, take a chocolate bar and give it to me. I'd love to have one. Uh, God bless you. It's been good to be together. We're eating in smileys. Everybody's welcome. Yard is missed. We know you enjoyed this teaching from the Neighborhood Church from our Pine House location here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. To touch base with us from anywhere in the world that you're listening, or maybe you're just at the gym or in your car, you can text the word Pine House to 306-800-5296. There you can fill out our digital connect card. Or if you want to give it a distance, or maybe you've been working weekends or just can't make it to the city, text the initials TNC to 705 705- 230-8977. Through that little portal, you can give or tithe or even give to missions. For any more information about the Neighborhood Church, you can check us out online at theneighborhoodchurch.org. God bless you and have a great week.